All right, good evening. This is Stan Rasmussen, chair of the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, looks like we have a quorum, and um, so I'm going to call the meeting to order. And uh, you want the gavel? Kathy, do you want to? Do you need to take roll for that, or can we just say we have a quorum? Yeah. We have a quorum. Uh, can you review our housekeeping items for us, please? Good evening, everyone. This is Kathy Richardson, the city's sustainability director. Just sharing a few uh, housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. All others, keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And then just a reminder that there is another board meeting tonight. So we ask that this meeting wrap up around 7.15. And now I'll turn it back to you, Stan. All right, thanks, Kathy. The next item on our, our agenda is to approve our minutes from June. That was the first meeting I've missed this year. I'm probably just going to abstain on those, but um, I would ask if, if you've had a chance to review the minutes, can we have a motion? This is Nancy Muma. I would make a motion to approve the minutes of the June meeting. Move same for Tammy, second it. We've had a motion to approve the minutes from our June meeting. And a second, I didn't hear that there needed to be any edits uh, made to those. So all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? And I, I guess I'll abstain instead of saying okay. aye. Okay. All right, the next item on our agenda is to welcome Vice Mayor Bart Littlejohn to our meeting. Uh, we really appreciate you being here tonight, Bart. Back-to-back -back nights for you. The yeah. Commissioner's work is never done. Yeah, I'm all full of candy and Coke. Yeah, so I believe it. I believe it. We so, hyper-caffeinated vice mayor. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. Uh, we look forward to hearing a little about you and then uh, hearing some whatever you'd like to talk about uh, concerning environmental energy sustainability. Cool. So please, Bart. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, and I, I was really looking forward to the invitation when Kathy extended it. Uh, but uh, if you don't know, um, I actually got my start in neighborhood work. I was a neighborhood president for the Pinckney Neighborhood Association. I uh, was also a part of the uh, um, county uh, health improvement plan uh, steering committee. Um, and did uh, was a part of other various uh, organizations across town, uh, like uh, St. Patrick's Parade Committee, um, uh, you know, uh, Junior Achievement, you know, things of that sort. So um, I am proof product of the fact that if you get your name on enough lists and on enough boards that you attract attention. Uh, and uh, and uh, I did. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, little bugs were put in my ear and I decided to make the big leap in the 
city service, and uh, here I am. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, in another aspect. One of the reasons why I'm glad to be here is I'm, you know, keenly interested in sustainability and re resiliency um, uh, for you know our cities and our city in particular. You know, because Kansas is a unique place because. Uh, as anybody knows from Kansas, the eastern part of Kansas looks totally different than the western part. So, and they have to deal with uh, distinctly um, distinct issues uh, certain to their environment. So, um, I know out west they're dealing with a lot more water conservation and um, you know uh, uh, water issues on on the higher order than we are. We're a little bit lucky. We're in between, in between two water sources, being the river and the and the lake. So, um, but we still. I'm hopeful that we're still mindful of resiliency because I, I have a feeling, I, like everywhere else, that'll rear its ugly head for us sooner or later. So, yeah. Yeah. Would you would you like us to ask you questions? Sure. Do you <laughs> go for it. Want to talk more? Or how no. Would you like to go. I I I usually don't like to talk. <laughs> you can go ahead and ask me questions. Well, I I guess I would open it up to our board members to. Uh, See if we have any questions uh, for Commissioner Little John. Nancy's hand is raised. Nancy, please. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Um, I really appreciated your vote last night on the uh, ban for single-use plastic bags. Um, I think it's a real great step forward for our city. And I'm wondering if you would be open to um, thinking about banning or limiting other single-use plastics as well. You know, there's a recent study that came out that showed that it, the lakes in our region are filled with microplastics. And if you decrease the, the single-use plastics in the area, it decreases the microplastics. So mm -hmm. it seems like it's a, an important step to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to look at anything and, uh, you know, um, you know kind of divvy it out so you know I'm, I'm open to that so now granted I can't you know say one way or another but I'd love to look at the information so right thank you yeah Nancy this is uh, Stan Rasmussen when you're referring to other single-use plastics could you give examples yeah things like uh, plastic forks and and plastic cups that are used in restaurants um, Instead of uh, using the disposable ones, you would use uh, you know, something that's reusable. Okay. Um, and a lot of cities have been taking those steps uh, in addition to the single-use plastic bags. Yeah, I'd be interested to, you know, like as part of that, uh, to see what those other cities have done just in regards to expanding that, uh, um, you know, that uh, the reach of that a little bit. So um, just, just curious because uh, I think previous travels have come through Denver and, you know, upstate New York and things of that sort. And I know they're, they've gotten pretty far along with what, what they've done in that regard. So I'd be curious to see what other municipalities have done. Great. Do other commissioners have a, a question for Commissioner Littlejohn or comment? Ben? I mean, I guess I just add, this, sorry, this is a pretty open-ended question. This is Ben Sykes, SAB board member. It's kind of like what you see 
as the sustainability advisory board's role, like what you've seen it as just in the time you've been a commissioner and what you make it to be kind of, um, you know, you guys reached out to us about the plastic bag ordinance to redo that. In other cases, we're kind of bringing things to you guys that we've initiated or the public's initiated with us. We're pretty different from some other boards and right. that we don't have tax that we're trying to distribute or we're not right. trying to approve you know historical uh designations for things or recommend those to you guys so i just love your kind of general opinion about what's it what's an sab an ideal sab look right. like for you guys or what what could we do better in terms of being responsive to what you guys need well yeah it's uh i think a little bit more like what you've been tasked with you know kind of helping us make a lot of our practices a little bit more sustainable in our city and uh you know kind of help us find more ways to achieve that and be a little bit more resilient. Um, uh, I almost look at you guys as a, more of a backstop for us, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of one uh, dual purpose, backstop and proving ground, you know, kind of uh, the forefront of new ideas that we might want to pursue and vetting them out and making sure that they're applicable in practice and then go ahead and bringing them back to the commission themselves and you know, hopefully we can go ahead and process them or like a backstop because I know that a lot of you have uh, all kinds of technical abilities and, uh, you know, previous experience that you can go ahead and apply to things that we're potentially thinking about pursuing. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a good question. So, I mean, Kathy's a lot of like where the rubber hits the road right. and like does a lot of things. So it's kind of like where, whether we're the brain trust or whether we're the, <laughs> right. you know, the researchers that go out and try and figure out a bunch of information right. that we bring back or, uh, you know, trying to, it's more difficult for us to do some of the things like actually figure out the nuts and bolts right. of how a legal ordinance is written or how this is done or that is done. So that, I think that can help if um, from you and from city commission more generally, if we can, okay. those asks for us, I think can be really valuable. Otherwise, we're, we do just bring our own backgrounds yep. and expertise and where you decide, hey, okay. I think this is important. Yeah. And, and the other side of that, too, is that when the city is doing things like, uh, I mean, the most recent example I can think of is the multimodal transportation center, is we're trying to look at those and be like, well, what are we doing for sustainability? How can we do those things better um, as a city? Uh, that's very, uh, kind of a different role, right? That's kind of on the backside of mm. like you know, going right. over what the city's doing and, and pushing on sustainability. I, know, I agree, and I, I'm i glad you brought that up. Um, that's not something optimally that we would want to do. We would want to do it on the front side and make yeah. sure that we're, we're going ahead and iron, iron, ironing thing, those things out beforehand. Um, uh, because, you know, uh, recently I, I know that we're, we're starting to pursue, pursue especially an MSO and other capabilities capabilities like Envision and yeah. LEAD and uh, things of that sort. That So that's of a high degree of importance to us. So um, I'm hoping that we can, that the uh, multimodal uh, uh, situation that you brought up just recently, um, it can be more of an isolated incident and uh, kind of a learning exercise for us that we can hopefully try to get ahead of these things next time. Okay, cool. Thanks. Don? Hi, Vice Mayor. This is Dawn Hawkins, uh, SAP board member. And this is kind of over our but wondering if you have ideas about how the city can achieve its renewable energy goals set forth in the ordinance 
9744, where we are striving to achieve 100% clean renewable energy by a certain timeline. It sets forth 2025 for municipal operations, which is just two years away. Right. Um, 2035 for all energy sectors and municipal operations. 2030 for electricity citywide. Uh, and by 2035 for all energy sectors citywide. It's pretty lofty goals, but needed and important. Um, uh, do you have ideas about how we can get there? How we can bring city staff all on board and um, bring their ideas and um, to the table and make some real changes? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you're, I agree. Those are pretty lofty goals. And uh, uh, I'm glad we have them out there because you need the deadlines and expectations if you want to go ahead and meet them and exceed them. Um, so I, I think we're, we're getting along on that process a little bit more. Um, now, I envision, you know, kind of sustainability being kind of how we we've previously treated uh, the Office of um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, where it's integrated into all aspects of what we do here at the city of Lawrence. So now I know that office has two people and then Kathy is an army of one, and that makes it a little bit more difficult to go ahead and pursue that. And uh, that's something that we're all well acquainted with, especially myself. I, I definitely make it a point. <laughs> I've talked to Kathy about this and I'm, I'm needling people that uh, we need to go ahead and, you know, if we really want to start to get some traction on these goals, we really need to make sure that we're spreading out and touching all all components of our city and making sure that they they're meeting our they're trying to meet our sustainable goals. But in the interim, um, what we can do is this something we've we've been doing uh, with our projects coming up, like our MSO project, our MSO campus, and including and integrating those sustainability goals there, you know, with the solar panels and other sustainable measures to go ahead and make it more energy efficient. Um, the goal is to go ahead and bring those, those kind of projects on in that way and to go ahead and retrofit, um, if possible, our, our current facilities in that way. So I, I know it's not going as fast as we want it to, um, but uh, we're, we're still trying to move that needle that way. Don, okay, your hand's down. Um, Kay, I see your hand raised. Hi, Vice Mayor, this is Kay Johnson, and I've been on the Sustainability Advisory Board for several years now, and my I've got a couple of questions, but you mentioned it was nice to have the Sustainability Advisory Board available to answer your questions. Uh, so I, this is the first question. Um, what would you do if the sustainability advisory board doesn't exist which i heard there's a distinct possibility that it will be eliminated in the committee review versus committees um, we do have a lot of expertise and we do provide oversight for a lot of the different projects and we have caught things like the transit building and so my question is if if the sustainability advisory board is uh disbanded what would you do well i'd be lost um <laughs> uh no it's uh, <laughs> um it's a little bit of levity uh but uh hopefully 
it you know doesn't come to that. Uh, I know that uh, the board on boards or the board on commission still has another meeting to go, and um, I'm hopeful that uh, get a little bit more clarity regarding that. But I mean, we we are still holding fast to the goal of integrating sustainability throughout what we do in the city of Lawrence. Now, in terms of having a formal committee, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I would hope that, you know, in some aspect we would, but uh, I really couldn't tell you until, you know, more information comes out regarding that committee. So, Well, um, my perspective is I worked for the city of Wichita for 10 years, and when you have staff that are auditing your own activities, then you can find different projects that have had uh, issues or, or need more um, assistance or at least in particularly some areas like development, um, that those areas can be found on the front end. But if you don't have staff and you don't have somebody watching the projects in general, like our, com uh, our committee does, then you don't have anybody looking at that. And whether or not you, um, and my other question is, you've embedded the sustainability goals into different departments, but what training have you done for the different departments? Um, the transit department didn't have any training, and they actually, um, except for uh, the two, um, there was some assistance with uh, MSO in for the transit building, but and actually the consultant actually said, well, heat pumps are not a viable alternative in Kansas, which that is absolutely false. So even consultants that the city's hiring uh, ha are making statements that are not accurate. Um, if you don't have people that have expertise looking at these projects, even on a voluntary basis, because we are obviously not paid, um, you're, you're not um, able to actually follow <clears throat> follow through with those goals and until you actually i mean the way i look at it you you get get a lot for the sustainability advisory board because we do a lot of this in our own all of it in our own time and if you haven't uh, hired the people individually in each department to watch those, how can you even know what you're missing? You can have the the um, particular strategic plan items, some of which are not even uh, big priorities. There's no goal to reduce um, solid waste in the um, KPIs that are listed. And quite frankly, the Sustainability Advisory Board wouldn't even ask um, for our opinion on the KPI development. So I, I, I see this as a really big problem. If, in my opinion, if the Sustainability Advisory Board goes away, then the city of Lawrence will be no different than most of the cities and uh, towns around the state of Kansas, because nobody will be looking and focusing, really focusing uh, on sustainability and and you can write plans all day long, but if you don't have the staff to look at those plans, then you're not going to get much. So I, ho I hope you'll do whatever you can um, to keep our board solid and as a separate entity, um, because it, to me, it's a real problem. I see your points. 
see your points. So, so now I have another question. Okay, go um, ahead, Kay. Thank you. Um, we are looking at a variety of different things. Obviously, the Land uh, Development uh, Update Committee, I am on the representative for um, the Sustainability Advisory Board. It was a special uh, carve-out so that we would have representation on that, which I really do appreciate. Um, there are many things that are coming up for the city of Lawrence, including land development, including development of, of um, virgin property or green green property um, in other locations with annexation or whatever. It's real important that the sustainability goals that are set out in 2040 do get adopted uh, in this land development. So have you looked at any any of this information on the land development code update um are you familiar with that not as of yet um but uh, i'm looking forward to gosh i think it was either last week or the week before i asked city staff for an update on that um on you asked about the climate change oh yeah plan, no, but no, I... yeah and the open open space plan i'm sorry you're right right um but the land land development code um no, I'll probably have to get with the Commissioner Finkel die and get an update on that because I know that he has been integral in um, uh, with that committee. And, uh, and and I really do appreciate his leadership because it's it's been really good. And the consultants that the um, city has hired, they're a good group of folks. So I you know I appreciate that. But I think there's going to be at a certain point. It's it's just like when Plan Twenty Forty was coming down to the final days of review, whether it was going to be approved or not, there were many, many uh, hand-wringing sessions about some of the discussions on 2040. And those are going to be similar to some of those things. We, we want transit-oriented development. We want a lot of different things associated with, it's great to, to annex, but it needs to be, uh, developments need to be done in, the, in a better way than they've been done in the past. So I'd, I would encourage you to get involved in in that as the different modules come up. Just so because let me tell you, it's I got a notebook that's this thick, and there's I, we we've only done the first module, so um, there's supposed to be three modules, and it's pretty. It's just you just dip dip your toes in it to a little bit because it's. Uh, there's a lot. I was about to say, you're really encouraging me there, Kay. Um, like <laughs> no, I want you it. to be involved. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so um, thank you on that. And and I do appreciate your support with the um, plastic uh, ban rules because plastic bag rules, because uh, it is a step in the right direction for us. And um, I, I appreciate your support on that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, 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 it's I'll, I'll make sure to, you know, bone up on uh, the land development code a little bit more as well, because you, you present some great, great points to it, because um, it is super important, because we don't do this all the time. So, you know, when we do do it, and we open it back up, we definitely want to make sure to go ahead and get some points in there and some aspects that'll, that'll prove beneficial to us years down the line. So and I have one more. <laughs> if Go ahead, Kay. Stan will indulge okay. me. All right. Um, there, we did submit a couple of uh, ordinance 
recommendations a couple of years ago. One was a solar ready ordinance and it was ready to be reviewed um, by the commissioners. It has never come back up. And since then, I believe some people have said, well, it could be in the land development code update, or it could be, you know, in the electrical code update or whatever. And, you know, when we make these recommendations, we hope that there will be some action, good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Um, Because, like I said, we do spend a lot of our time um, making these recommendations. And that particular uh, code uh, ordinance would have uh, started the um, private development uh, b- buildings having solar uh, available on, for new construction. And if if that had happened about three years ago, we would already be moving down the line um, with that type of availability and new construction. Now it's not even on the radar for anyone. So if we do stay as a separate individual board, we'd appreciate when we spend some time that you at least look at whether or not you're interested in it or not, or just shelve it right away because otherwise we we spend a lot of time looking at these things and other communities have developed solar ready for new construction. Do you know if the the Land Development Code Committee has incorporated that or, you know, uh, tackling that as part of it? Well, the next module, which is the module two, we should start to talk about some specifics. Okay. So that's when I'll find out if that really is supposed to be in there. The other one was, uh, and I don't know if Ben, if you mentioned it, um, the it was called noxious weeds ordinance or whatever. But we we were hoping that uh, native uh, plantings and um, could be, and I don't know what the title is, you've got Ben, um, but we were hoping that that one would be reviewed before the very end of the Land Development Code, and we've been told that that one would be in Module 2. Okay. Which would be the second. Okay. And a lot of hours were spent on that, and Ben, I don't know if you're interested in commenting, but uh, I'll be quiet now, and thank you very much. No, it's all good. I can comment in a minute. You go ahead, Stan. Thanks, Kay. Um, Did you want to comment? I think it's really tricky because a lot of our things can get filtered into things like the land development code. And then there's a lot of competition, just like you guys deal with at the same time, like the housing crisis Mm -hmm. that we're in, the property values that are crazy, make it difficult for people to get homes. That has to be dealt with as a priority in the land development code. So when you put everything on something like the land development code, it gets tricky because those many of these things don't necessarily they aren't antagonists naturally right. but when you put them all into one place they start to be like well that means one less house we can build or that's one more restriction we're going to have on a developer that's going to not allow them to build duplexes or things like that or, or whether it's sustainable landscaping or whether it's solar or those kind of things so um I think that it makes sense some of these things make sense as land development codes mm-hmm. but there's also I think putting everything that might have anything to do with the land development code, those kinds of words can eat a lot of topics. And then those topics wind up competing with each other for priority within, you know, one group or something like that, that lasts 20 years after that. 
Right. Does that make sense? Nope. At least that's what I see sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we do, I mean, arguing that we should have sustainable landscaping, I think, is a, is a relatively low-hanging fruit that we have before. But it's undoubtable that we also have a housing crisis in our city. Right. And when we're trying to debate about those two things in the same space, I mean, I don't think many people would argue that we should right. have prairie plants in our front yards over having affordable housing or getting people off the street if they want to be. Right. So. Right. It, it puts you in an unfair. It sounds like, yeah. yeah, it sounds like we're trying to argue one over the other. Right, right, right. So, um, but I, you know, I think you've said this before, and certainly as being associated with neighborhood associations, sustainability and incorporating those kind of mm -hmm. values into the community groups that you're in help with those kind of problems over time. They help with stormwater retention. They help with property values. They help dealing with some of these kinds of things. So, but it's one of those things that kind of yeah. is the end of the train, right. oftentimes, even if it's easy to get on. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack you, Tom. No, no. You're fine. No, you're fine. Is, it, is there anybody else that um, wanted to speak to Commissioner Little John before I jump in here? Um, <laughs> Kathy, I might ask you to make a few comments when I'm done. If you want to highlight some things that you're proud of or you have this opportunity one-on-one -on -one with him to say a few things about your work. Yeah. But um, before that, uh, Commissioner, um, I, I, I'm really proud of our uh, recycling program that we have here in town, that we can put all of the waste into one container. Uh, I, I think that's a good program. I know it presents, presents challenges to HAM to deal with all of that. And they have some, they have some challenges associated with recycling, but I, I still think it's a good program. I'm really proud of our community for, for doing that. As you have an opportunity to move the city farther along on sustainability and resiliency, I would encourage you to uh, think about expanding that program to commercial businesses. Um, I think there's a lot of businesses that would like to recycle in our community and I know some business owners who would very much like to be able to pay a fee or get a dumpster that they could put recyclable materials into but it's not open and available to commercial entities so they gather up their recyclables themselves and take it to drop-off points around the county and have to um, handle it themselves. And I, I just think that, um, you know, getting those economies of scale by getting even more recyclable materials can also make our products more competitive when we're trying to sell them and market them um, elsewhere. So something for you to consider in the future there. Uh, next is I am currently on the boards and commission structure committee. And um, uh, two meetings ago was the last meeting I was at. And when we left that meeting, I thought that everybody was pretty much saying, okay, we're gonna leave the SAB as a standalone committee. Then the last meeting that was in July, which I was um, out of state and not able to attend, it, um, it appeared that the, the board members at that meeting are leaning more towards recommending either elimination of the SAB or kind of treating us like a task force that could be called into session 
when the city manager or the city commission wanted feedback on a particular item, a particular topic. And, and so I don't know how the final recommendation is going to come out, but we do still have another meeting where we're going to finalize those recommendations for the commissioners. But uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty uh, on that uh, board and commission structure committee as to what the role of the SAB should be. They recognize that, uh, as you said, that environmental sustainability crosses all lines. Uh, if you look at the, the outcomes, the, the five outcomes that we've committed to in the, the strategic plan, environmental sustainability is in every one of those. And in fact, the environmental sustainability key progress indicators, those KPIs, there are more on environmental sustainability than any other topic. Mm -hmm. So they're, they really kind of dominate uh, in that they are, they are in every one of these outcomes. So how we, how we ensure that we're, we're moving towards a sustainable and resilient community uh, I think is something for the commissioner to really contemplate. And I would just encourage you to, to think about that as you go through this process of the boards reorganizing and, and what that role should be and maybe how, how we are. It, you know, there's a, would it be that there's a designated environmental sustainability person on each new board? You know, if you get down to seven or eight boards, maybe one of those members on every board is an environmental sustainability designated member, something like that. Um, and that wouldn't be out of the ordinary because there are other boards where you have, you know, you need to have an architect on this board or you need to have, a, I don't know, an accountant or an attorney or something like that on the board. So that, that's another way to maybe capture that interest. And along those lines, I think uh, our observation and maybe I think the board members would generally agree that um, the environmental sustainability commitments that the city is working towards, like our, our lead certification on construction and some of the environmental grants that we're applying for, Kathy, I think, is overwhelmed at times. She's a person of one, but she's the person who's representing all of these KPIs in the city. And I think it would be good to consider adding at least one more staff member to really backstop her. And if she's not here, if she's out sick, then nobody, there's nobody in the city representing that. So, you know, if we're going to integrate sustainability into the administrative part of the city, she needs a backup at least. So I would ask you to consider that. Um, the other thing I wanted to comment on, and it's not necessarily within the SAB, but it's, it's something that I think is, is still good, is I really appreciate our Lawrence Loop mm -hmm. that we're trying to finalize. Um, and I, I like that the city is also looking at open space issues as we annex more land and expand the community and develop out further. I would just encourage you to always keep in mind, hey, we need open space, we need habitat, uh, for plants and animals, and um, and uh, you know that leads to good water quality, 
So I, I just would encourage you to do that. But I think the city is, I think the commissioners are, are doing that as they contemplate expansion. And I think our planning staff is contemplating that. But I would just help you, help remind you to keep your eye on that prize too. I don't know if anybody else on the commission has anything. I don't see any hands raised. Kathy, I'd like you, if you don't mind, to just take us a few minutes and talk to Commissioner Littlejohn about some of the work you're doing and some of the particular things that you've been, the accomplishments in this, this last year that we've been working with you and that you, you're particularly proud of. Can you do that for us? Sure, and I don't know that I can speak this way since the mic is behind me, so. Do you wanna, you wanna come up here or do you, you just? You're talking towards me so I can hear you fine, but I don't know about people out in Zoom land. People right? on Zoom hear me if I speak this way? Okay, sorry, because it makes it awkward since I have my back to yeah. the vice mayor. Um, but yeah, when, when you were talking, I, I did kind of jot down some of those notes of just even like the last year um, of the accomplishments and um, on the staff side and working with the sustainability advisory board and working with the county as well so some of those things um, of highlight you know are um, the commission's support for us to go for the lead for cities uh, leadership program and certification process so we've already started the leadership program and we're going through um, the scorecard and um, everything that we're going to need to pull together for the certification process. So that's very exciting and we appreciated um, everyone's support in going through that process. Um, this will, this kind of takes place of the old STAR sustainability rating system. So it will be a new sustainability framework for our city and it will identify, you know, where we're doing well and where the gaps are. And this is Cool because it compares us cities to cities, all the cities that are going through this process or have been through the, the years. Um, so very appreciative of, of that process. Um, and I think next year um, when we finish the certification process, it's really gonna help highlight where we need to do some more work for sustainability, to advance sustainability. Um, also, it was so awesome to receive support on the sustainable capital projects policy. Um, this is big. I don't, I don't know that the community as a whole understands um, what that will do for our uh, infrastructure projects and new facilities that the city will uh, embark in um, in the future and, and building and also um, some of the retrofits um, that will have uh, sustainability as a focus. So I'm very excited about that and the support from the advisory board, the community and the commission Obviously, big win last night for sustainability with um, that first vote, a first reading of the single-use plastic bag um, ordinance. Um, I, I do hear a lot about um, you know sustainability being a department of one um, here with the city of Lawrence, and and there are challenges and there are moments um, where you know it's overwhelming because there's a lot going on. Uh, but I, I will say that you know we've. I've had a lot of support from all the other departments and really kind of one of this internal saying that we're, that we're passing along is it's not a department of one, it's a department of all because all of us are doing sustainability work. Um, definitely, uh, you know, it's kind of, you can see the change 
uh, when I hear uh, departments at the podium uh, talking about their projects and they talk about environmental sustainability, it's just awesome to see that transition where it doesn't have to be sustainability director being the one that always is talking about sustainability, but you're hearing project managers, project engineers talking about sustainability, you're hearing parks and rec staff talk about sustainability. Um, so I think slowly we'll see more of that transition as um, the departments take on the work for environmental sustainability. Um, just an example of that too, I was uh, in, a, just sharing, but I was in a, a class for Envision and there were like, I don't know, 16 project managers and engineers and to hear them talking sustainability, I mean, they're becoming Envision sustainability professionals. Nice. Um, so for uh, the city to be investing in that training um, and, and saying, yes, this is a priority and um, you know, what we're gonna consider for projects moving forward was just totally awesome. So I wanted to mention that. And then the other thing I wrote down, um, so while last year there was kind of that separation between the city and the county sustainability offices, so now there's an office within the county and then an office within the city, um, while there was that separation, it doesn't feel like we're separate. Like we are meeting weekly, um, really updating each other on the work that we're doing. And then there's a lot of projects where the county and the city are still working together. So I have really liked that um, collaboration and that relationship that we've kept of working closely, even though you know structurally, I guess we're you know two different organizations, we're still um, working together, and, and I appreciate that because that gives me you know also somebody to uh, kind of bounce an idea um, on you know with Kim and Jamie and Amu um, and Connie uh, over on the county side. So those those are some of the items I wrote of being proud and just accomplishments, and, and I'm, I am thankful for the support. Cool, that's all great things to hear, especially the collaboration with the county. Um, that was uh, one of my hopes, um, that, that, that it's alleviating some of my fears a little bit, that uh, when that split happened, that uh, there'd be a lack of, but uh, I'm glad to hear that there's regular communication between those two oh, entities. Yeah. Can I just say, so one thing that you, you know, when you're talking about a parallel in DEIB yeah. and that kind of being instituted, all this training that's going on, I think it's fantastic. And continuing to have people, especially that are trained within staff or even city commission, that when they're not hearing something about environmental sustainability on a project, it's like glaringly obvious that that's missing. And mm -hmm. people go, well, what about the environmental sustainability component? Kind of like the more people that integrate that into their way of thinking, whether it's on city commission or staff or just people out, citizens, right? The more it just becomes part of what we do and that every single thing has, to, you know, even though we're not haze, we can still have uh, initiatives that are trying oh, yeah. to save water, right? Yeah. Or things like that, that anyways, that's really awesome within what you're saying. I agree, because uh, I, I really do think that it's gonna come for all of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, all these water issues, so, yeah. All right, hey, Kathy, I really appreciate that. Uh, Commissioner, I, I just wanna maybe echo what she's talking about from a different vantage point of my job with the military. It, it gives me a lot of pleasure to see the military talking about protection of the environment and really incorporating that into the culture 
the military where you hear generals now saying things, you know, like uh, protection of the United States if also includes protection of the environment, you know, and um, that makes me feel good and it, it feels good to hear that. And then um, I would just say personally, having served on the Board of Zoning Appeals, Sign Code Board of Appeals, the Planning Commission, the Historic Resources Commission, having served on all of those, uh, Kathy is really an outstanding staff person, one of the most outstanding city staff people that I've worked with out of all of those uh, boards and uh, commissions. So I, I just really appreciate her and her efforts with us. So unless um, anybody else has some um, comments, I'll let you wrap it up, uh, Commissioner. Yeah, and uh, just to let everybody know, I wasn't just taking notes for Stan. I was taking notes, you know, comprehensive notes for everybody, not to leave everybody out. So didn't want to do that. <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and thank you all for uh, inviting me. And uh, uh, this is really informative. I'm really glad I was able to, you know, be here and, you know, kind of get a lot of feedback and, you know, kind of, um, you know, supplement my learning on this a little bit. So, um, like I said, uh, took some notes and I'll also look back at the video and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, be able to make some, even more progress in the future on this stuff. Well, we, we really appreciate you being here. We know that there's a lot of demands on a city commissioner's time, and <laughs> you were here uh, late uh, last night. Oh, and I want to sit in that seat so long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we really appreciate you taking time out of your, your day and your schedule to come meet with us. We, we very much appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. So. Bet. All right. Thanks. All right. We'll take a brief... Um, break for about a minute or so and then we'll reconvene. It's this chair. And Rasmussen, we're going to reconvene the SAB meeting. Uh, next item on our agenda is the um, uh, report from staff. And so, Kathy, yeah. your turn. Thank you. Um, and I did kind of highlight some of the projects um, uh, with that um, conversation with the vice mayor, but just um, something quick on the sustainable capital projects policy. Uh, just wanted you to know that while the policy um, has been passed, uh, we are working, we have a staff group that's working on a guidance document for all our project engineers and project managers. Um, so the, the policy is going to take place, or its effective date is January 1st of 2024. So we've got some time to really give, um, you know, some, some guidance to our project managers and project engineers. And so we're we're working on that. Um, we're looking at other cities that also pass lead and um, envision uh, policies to, you know, not recreate create the wheel, but um, you know, kind of borrow some of their uh, gui guidance points um, to include in ours. Uh, with lead for cities, uh, just last week, the U.S. Green Building Council did release the new updated uh, scorecard with the credits for the certification process. So I think I had told you all that we were starting the leadership program with the training on the credits, but they had let us know that there was going to be some changes. So um, USG, the U.S. Green Building Council has uh, published the new uh, guidance document for the certification process. So just a heads up on that. 
Um, last night at the city commission uh, meeting, we did have the uh, single use plastic bag ordinance, um, which uh, received a three two vote. Uh, which makes it pass in the on first reading. It still needs to go through a second reading. So just heads up that next Tuesday evening, it will be back on commission um, as a consent agenda item uh, for the commission to vote on. And um, second is second and final reading. I should uh, state that. So. Uh, Kudos to Nancy Muma for her leadership um, on this topic. I know she spent a lot of time, um, you know, at city commission meetings this year and giving her presentation on behalf of the Sustainability Advisory Board. So thanks to Nancy for that. Um, this uh, morning, we have been contacted. I mean, there were some uh, articles that uh, were generated after the city commission meeting last night. Uh, I saw one with Lawrence Journal World and the Lawrence Times. Uh, but this um, today, we were contacted by KCTV5. Um, they came to Lawrence uh, and wanted to do some, um, you know, TV interviews. So I do believe that um, is probably already launched since it's 621 right now. Uh, but we, I was interviewed as well as I do know that they uh, asked questions and filmed people, uh, maybe even business owners, on how they felt about this new ordinance. So we'll see what, what that is. I'm sure there's going to be a recording uh, posted on their website that we can go back and listen to. Um, in addition with some of the media uh, kind of conversation, um, we do know that, uh, you know, there was some statements said that this was a passed and done deal um, with one of the media outlets and um, the city did uh, reach out uh, to that media outlet to just let them know that there's still another step in the process, so it's not a done deal yet. Um, and then I um, have also been informed, um, uh, it, and I, I know Kay reached out to me with another media outlet that um, had a statement uh, within the article um, that is uh, not uh, factual, so we're gonna reach out to that media outlet because it's causing some confusion with, uh, residents thinking that they're not going to be able to use uh, plastic bags to pick up their pet waste. Um, so we do want to, um, you know, get some good information out there so people aren't worried uh, that that is, that they're no longer going to be allowed to do that. Um, so that's not true. Uh, people will absolutely be able to purchase, uh, you know, doggy bags and um, pick up their, their pet waste. So. Um, so we'll get all that uh, communication and uh, after the second reading of the ordinance, if that vote is successful and this ordinance is adopted, uh, then the city of Lawrence will start working on that uh, communications plan uh, for this um, this. Uh, ordinance and, and project. I will uh, also inform you all if um, some of you weren't aware of the conversation last night that the timeline of when the ordinance would be effective has changed uh, to the March 1st uh, date. Again, to give the city time and to give business owners time for the transition. 
Okay, so that's what I had on the single-use plastic bags. I'm sure um, Nancy uh, will have um, more information during her update as well. Um, the other thing I had on here, just very brief, um, and maybe just like a heads up for all of you, that uh, there, there's gonna be a lot of sustainability type conversations coming up in this community this fall. So uh, with the Climate Action and Adaptation Plan, um, the draft of that will you know, be um, released um, to the public and there's gonna be some community engagement there um, this fall. Um, also, it's my understanding uh, from uh, Kim with the county that open space is also gonna be, there's gonna be some community engagement this fall um, with that uh, plan and, and information that they have so far. And then um, Kay kind of uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier this evening, the Land Development Code Module 2 is also uh, going to come out this fall. And it sounds like Module 2 will have a lot of the sustainability components. So, um, you know, we want to be watching out for that uh, so that we can participate in that process. Um, and, um, with all three pl three plans, but I just wanted you all to be aware because that's a lot um, coming out kind of around the same time. Um, uh, in addition, I do have on here just a note to say that I will have uh, an update on um, a couple items that came out of the Noxious Weed Ordinance Subcommittee. I'll have an update at the next SAB meeting, as well as an update on Ordinance 9744 uh, reports, um, annual reports that are um, highlighted within that ordinance. So at the next meeting, I will cover that. And then last meeting, I had mentioned about some facility tours being more in that August uh, September timeframe. So I will, I'm still um, planning to send you an email with what date availabilities there are for those tours. And other than that, any questions? Does anybody have questions for Kathy? Nancy? I just wanted to double check with you on when the second reading of the plastic bag ban ordinance was going to occur. Is that next? meeting yes it's going to be placed on consent agenda of um, the next tuesday so it's uh, august 15th i believe let me double check yes okay next um and the city commission uh, meeting starts at 5 45 again it will be on consent agenda um the commissioners could pull that item um, and they may if there are any commissioners that are going to vote against it. Um, so there might be a little bit more discussion and questions that are asked. I don't know, Nancy, if you're gonna be available next uh, Tuesday evening, but um, we might wanna have somebody at least on Zoom in case um, they ask any additional questions. Okay, I, I, I'll be on Zoom. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Um, Kathy, I just, this has been Sykes, SAB board member. Are there any things, so um, not this time, but in future, if there's anything coming that you see on the horizon mm -hmm. that are things that we might contribute to, I would love those too, because a lot of times the reports are, here's what has happened, 
but I think you more than any of us are aware of opportunities for grants or things that we might contribute to in doing research or you know how are the educational initiatives around the plastic bag stuff going to get rolled out ways in which we can tr can contribute and maybe in some ways lighten the load or at least do some research around um, what are the do we fit into this grant or or things like that and I, I know that we definitely don't have your expertise but um, if there are things that you see on the horizon that are one month two month three months time frame I would love to hear those too as part of the staff report personally yeah absolutely and I will look for those opportunities where you know a letter of support from the sustainability advisory board would really help um, we are looking um, actively at all the grants that are coming out and possibilities there um, in how how we may uh, participate in those so I do think that there's uh, you know, action items from Sustainability Advisory Board that could help. Um, I did also, the, the reason I wanted you, to alert you of like climate action and um, open space and the land development code is those are really important community conversations to be a part of as those yeah. um, are released. And, and, you know, there might be, again, maybe SAB has a subcommittee or, um, or somebody wants to take on uh, making sure that certain uh, feedback is provided on those plans. Um, I know actually with the uh, climate action plan, there is a subcommittee that is actively, um, you know, reviewing the plan and providing feedback. But maybe Sustainability Advisory Board was also wants to kind of look at that open space and, okay. and you know, K's lead with land development um, code update. But I did see um, others participate in that sustainability conversation that happened um, a couple weeks ago, I believe. So that was good um, of you to participate and provide your expertise um, to the process. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions for Kathy? All right, thank you, Kathy. The uh, next item on our agenda is to receive updates from our subcommittees, and we'll just go in order that they're listed on there. Um, Nancy, could you talk to us about the Climate Action Plan subcommittee? So a draft of the um, Climate Action Plan and Sustainability was um, reviewed by the subcommittee, and we made a number of suggestions um, to uh, Jamie Hoffling um, these were many of them were focused on trying to take uh, items to, to make them stronger, more forceful. And then also a, a big piece of that was to make sure that we had greenhouse gas inventory and specific goals that we could add to that. And, and uh, I, I understand now that that information is available and they are in the process of incorporating that into the strategic plan. Um, so, we hope to get another version of this um, fairly soon for additional feedback. Um, we don't have a meeting uh, set up yet for the, um, the group that's giving direct feedback. So, And that was on the Douglas County Climate Action Plan is what you're referring to, right? That's correct. I'm sorry, the Douglas County Climate Action Plan. Okay. Any questions for Nancy? Ben, do you want to talk about the, the weeds ordinance? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that there apparently. Briefly. Um, so I started, we, we did have a meeting a couple of SAB meetings ago. I've been behind because I've been traveling. I have been working to try and pull out the 
pieces that I that we decided were land development code pieces. Some of those are linked. There were also some suggestions within the subcommittee talking about, um, you know, potentially, do you need to alert the city that you're going to be doing sustainable landscaping so it can be pulled off? So we have more discussions to have, uh, and we'll plan a meeting uh, this month. One of the important things, uh, and I look forward, Kathy, to um, the updates about uh, the noxious weed list specifically. If that gets changed uh, outside of this ordinance, that will probably change the structure of uh, the writing of the ordinance because noxious weeds is, is kind of one of the two major components of it. So if we're able to achieve those goals um, through that avenue, we'll, we'll want to change it there as well. But that's, we haven't had, we, we're going to have another meeting, um, but I have been working with the text of the ordinance and separating also, um, as the commissioner suggested, the background and the history and the, the KPIs that it's trying to fit from the language of the ordinance. But of course, that'll need to be very tight in terms of what we're proposing to do. That's pretty much the update. Okay. You're, you're listed next for the food call, um, oh, yeah. policy council. So yeah, we had our um, July meeting at Haskell. We had a new member, Mackie Moore, who's the dean of the Haskell Indian Nations University's Business School. And um, he stressed kind of the importance of food for indigenous people. And um, Haskell Indian Nations University is an incubator for um, food, sustainability initiatives, uh, tribal companies, trying to get more things going. They have a lot of new stuff that's coming online. Um, a few things that came out of that meeting were one, uh, I didn't hear you, so one of the things that's coming down the pipeline is, this is uh, I think it's the Douglas County Sustainability Office is hosting a Kansas Healthy Foods Initiative Advisory Board meeting on September 21st. Um, and so that's thinking about food and healthy food, which of which sustainability is a key part. Um, one of the big things we talked about were the challenges with the um, culinary commons which for people that don't know is kind of basically a, a common place where people that don't have space for restaurants can go and do that work out at the Douglas County Fairgrounds here in town uh, or at the edge of town. And um, there's been a huge uh, surge of people that want to use those places. And uh, part of that may be because we have one of the lowest fees. There are these things in other places, but we were one of the first and we have a low fee. So there was a suggestion potentially of um, charging an out-of-county fee if you're from out-of-county. Um, uh, and we ultimately, I, I think, paused and didn't decide to do that right now, but we wanted to collect what information there might be about who's been using the culinary commons. But you can think of people that have food trucks or can't afford um, you know, a large-scale restaurant facility that we have a, a facility, if you didn't know, uh, here in town where people can go and do cooking and they can rent it um, for a certain amount of time. But it's very popular. So they would do like food prep there, yeah, or so they could do like cook large stuff, and then prep. take it out in a food truck. Yeah, but exactly. it's not like a pop-up restaurant or something, right? No, there. it has like a lot of the equipment that you need for food prep and like large-scale equipment that they can do a lot of that work there. But it's been super popular, and so part of the issue is like, how do we? How's that? How's the county manage those things? Oh, yep. I had no idea. And just the last thing is that for those that don't know, there are currently four main working groups within the Douglas County Food Policy Council. They are food and farm, health equity, uh, forward, which is about diversifying the food system, and uh, EcoDevo, which is about trying to um, economic development within the food system plan. So if you see intersectionality with 
what you're doing and some of the working groups uh, with the Food Policy Council, I know they'd be happy to collaborate. Or you could reach out to Kathy or um, Connie um, Fitzpatrick, who's the um, Douglas County Food Specialist. Did I get that right? Well, she's the staff liaison. Staff liaison for the yeah. Food Policy Council. Thanks. Thank you, Ben. Any questions for Ben? I see none. Uh, Kay, do you want to give us an update on the development code? Uh, you yes. kind of gave Commissioner Littlejohn an update, but maybe recap for us. Sure, I'll be glad to. So the first module came out and comments are due, um, let's see, I believe it's September 15th. There is, if anybody wants to look at it, there, the, all of that information is online at the uh, Land Development Code. Um, and I can actually send Kathy a link and she can email it out. But there's an online version which you can actually add your comments directly. And that's an easy way to do it. But, but for the most part, the first module was about zoning and how to streamline the zoning and the districts associated with zoning so like for instance they decided to do away with the um industrial park zoning um, idea so they're trying to consolidate a lot of the different things obviously the most important part of module one is how we identify where mixed use can be and and infill can be utilized so the consultants that are doing this have been really good about um, talking about what the code has been and what we'd like to see the code move to obviously um, many people um, that have in leading up to all of this said that the code in general was very difficult for people to know how to implement if they wanted to develop something what rules did they have to follow there are so many so many different exceptions and rules and you didn't know which district you would be or which kind of uh, land use you were working on so they've been trying to streamline a lot of this and my comments have been um general in nature, except that uh, one of the comments that I would like to see as, as we go into annexation is that um, instead of a kind of a generic um, code designation uh, for new annexed property, it was that I would really like to see that property be called a mixed use area. And then other people would have to, if they wanted to do something different, they would have to go to the commissioners to get a variance. So they're looking at that. Um, obviously, transit-oriented -orient develop development, um, native landscaping, native plants um, landscaping, a lot of those sorts of things are in the next module. And I'm going to tell you that that's really where a lot of um, our expertise are, are going to lie. And um, module one was 
eye-opening, eye-popping to me because there were so many different districts, so many different um, types of land use and so many different types of rules for different things. Um, one really good thing is that the uh, ADU, the, um, the smaller ADU that was, um, which is alternative development unit or mm, auxiliary development unit, I guess is ADU, um, means it's a smaller unit that could be put into somebody's backyard or uh, an apartment dwelling over the garage or whatever so that that encourages infill development. That has been a big focus of uh, the first module. And if you're interested in infill development, you should look at some of that in, in the first module. But like, a, I really believe that the second module is going to be where they're gonna talk about parking and lighting and a lot of the uh, landscaping and a lot of the things that we would be most interested in um, in contributing to and let me see I found off let me see if I can find my little uh, so we're also trying to and they've been really good about trying to bring in uh, the plan 2040 information so that the information that they are addressing includes the items that are addressed in plan 2040 and plan 2040 has specific language regarding sustainability including um, land management resources to maintain natural functions uh, developing land use regulations incentives to reduce greenhouse gas emissions so there's specific things in plan 2040 that we're going to be looking at in in this particular module um, properly manage natural resources to ensure sustainability, marketability, environmental protection, and value for the community, mitigate impacts caused by noise and light pollution and development activities, develop a sustainable interconnected multimodal transportation system, promote sustainable building practices by leading and promoting green building standards and practices and by creating incentives, incentives and reducing barriers to improve opportunities for distributed generation of renewable energy sources. So this area, um, like I said, they have the plan 2040. This particular, those words that I said were used in this slide presentation um, to say that they will be addressing some of these issues. So if you have parking uh, issues, um, development issues associated with, particularly with our new uh, annexed uh, properties that are gonna be developed, we need to be sure that we're incorporating a lot of those. There will be many um, sessions that you can get up to date on. They have not uh, produced the module two they're going to be working on that none of the committee members have a draft of that yet but i would expect to see that in the next three to four weeks um michael allman's been participating i think he's well at least he was on this uh group i don't think he's here now at least i don't see him right now but um in a separate sustainability discussion um, several, Ben was there, Kathy was there, Kim Craner Ritchie was there, Jamie Hoffling was there um, from Douglas County. Any of you that were 
attending some of those sessions, feel free to chime in and I, I would like your opinion about any of those things that that you heard them talk about. I missed a good part of that particular meeting, but like I said, I've been, I, I participated in quite a number of the other ones. I didn't get to attend all of them. I did mention in that particular meeting, I'm concerned about flooding. Uh, obviously, when they start developing the annexation areas, there are areas that they're planning to annex that are a little bit more prone to flooding in certain um, areas of those annexed properties. So anyway, that's kind of an update. I don't know when, what the schedule is for module two, because I don't know when they're going to release the draft. But usually once we get the draft, we usually have about two weeks to review it. And then we have a meeting, but they will also be starting usually after we meet then they have public comments and public hearings there were probably eight public meetings i believe regarding module one there'll probably be at least that many more for module two um so i'd be interested to hear it ben if you had anything to add or or kim or jamie jamie or kathy any of and and I think Michael's not on here anymore, but I don't know that anybody else participated in. Thank you, Kay. Uh, ben, did you want to comment or? I mean, I, I'll just say two things that struck me in the, I went to a couple of the in-person meetings that were here and the two things that struck me are, are one, this is from the first section that they're focused on. Uh, it is good to beat the drum of sustainability that in the, what the consultants were focused on was increasing housing and finding ways to do that through zoning. And so to remind them that, you know, if some infill has a certain balance to it too, right? Like we need green spaces also to keep us sane, right? Like if we put as much housing as we can, that may solve the housing crisis, but people that will live in those houses will not have any place to keep their sanity. So I think it's important for them to think about open spaces even within infill. And the other one that really struck me that I hadn't thought much about is the role of covenants in uh, how these plans will get held out. So, you know, there are a lot of places in town, uh, I, I, there are a scattering of different covenants that cover different areas of town. And those rules are different than what the city rules will be. If they are more restrictive, then they apply, right? And, and so, not more permissive, right? So how you lay down the rules that are gonna get rolled out here, whether they're around landscaping or whether they're around parking or whether they're around um, what kind of housing can be built there, those covenants and that patchwork of covenants that cover different areas of the city will have a different kind of uh, rule set that will go under those. If, if, for example, if we say that you need to do, uh, just from the perspective of the one I'm push I've been pushing, right, is native landscaping in a certain proportion, if there's a restriction that you can't do those kinds of things, I'm not sure exactly how those would play out in uh, under the covenants so and I actually asked I, I can't remember I was sitting next to a different city staff member of like is there a map of the covenants and what their restrictions are and apparently there's not because half a house in one district can be under one thing and so I, I just didn't have an appreciation for that but for those that that are thinking of the land development code covering the entire city 
overlaid on top of that is uh, HOAs and other kinds of covenants that modify uh, even these new rules that will be set out for the land development code. Yeah, covenants are a property interest. They run with the land. Right. They're not, the city has nothing to do with them. It's yeah. A property owner. That's yeah, so I, I didn't like, I, I guess I just didn't understand that. I mean, that's just my yeah. naivete, I guess, but. Yeah, that's tricky. It came up as a, a feature that we talked about for quite a while in the meeting I was in. Kathy, anything else? Yes, yeah, I go have ahead. Two brief items to add on to the conversation. So uh, we did ask uh, tentatively when module two would come out, and we heard October um, as the month. So just again, um, be watching out for that around that time. And then the second thing, um, Ben had mentioned uh, that he's been going through the noxious weed ordinance and kind of pulling some stuff re relevant to the land development code. Um, but the same type of activity is happening with the climate action and adaptation plan. So we're pulling out um, some of the items from the climate action and adaptation plan, the draft, um, to have a conversation with the consultant uh, for the land development code update. So there's some connection there too um, with the county and the city having this conversation with the consultant. Now Kay's right that they're looking at plan 2040 um, and just, you know, that's where they're getting the items to prioritize, uh, but they're also taking consideration uh, these other uh, additional um, strategies and goals. Nancy, you have a question? I just have a question for Kathy, um, based on what Ben said. Um, I would be surprised if the covenants could um, take priority over the state or, or the state laws or the city ordinances. Is, is that the way it works, that the covenants take priority? I would think the city ordinance would take priority. No, the, the covenant would not take priority over uh, a city ordinance or a state law or a county ordinance, but the covenants could be more restrictive. Yes. They could always be more restrictive. But, but so for instance, as, as Ben was saying, if, you, if we have uh, something that says 10% of the planting has to be native, then they couldn't make that less than 10%. Is that correct? No, but they could say you have to do 20%. Okay. All right, thanks for clarification. Thanks. Any other comments or updates from our steering committees? I'm not seeing any hands raised or anybody. Um, the next item on the agenda is an update from me on the Boards and Commission Structure Committee. And you kind of heard part of my summary uh, for Commissioner Littlejohn. Um, you know, I'm sorry I was not able to be at the last meeting. I was, like I said, I was out of the state and not available. Um, I, I have gone back and watched the, the meeting, uh, the recording of it a couple of times. And I wanted to point out that um, John Nalbandian, uh, I think was pretty I wouldn't say forceful, but he, he had a he had a, a firm opinion that, uh, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase for you. He, he he said that if you can integrate sustainability into the administration, then you have a consistent advocate. 
and it eliminates arbitrary action. Institutionalization is a good thing, and it, we need to push to make this more internal, make sustainability more internal in the city. So he was a vocal advocate for, uh, rather than there being a separate SAB, making sustainability more of an internal administrative program and uh, city manager uh, Craig noted that right now Kathy's just an office of one he said those words in the in the meeting but he did also say that uh, it was likely that they would be hiring additional staff to focus on environmental sustainability I don't know which way they're gonna go uh, but having watched that, my impression is is that there's going to be a recommendation that the SAB be dissolved, or there was also discussion about maybe it becomes more of a like a task force for specific issues, and I could see that also happening. I think it's yet to be determined. Uh, we will have another meeting. It's not been scheduled yet. I don't know when that's going to occur. And then I think the city commissioners themselves will have some opinions about uh, about this as well, um, on what they what they see needs to be done with the SAB. And I would say there were a couple of surprises for me in this uh, last meeting because the meeting before, when I left that meeting, I I felt like I had a pretty firm grasp on where things were headed. And we were not alone in, in complete changes from uh, the, the meeting prior. Um, the airport advisory board, I think, was very much surprised uh, with the recommendations that came out of the last meeting versus the one right before it. Mm. Um, they're in a, a similar situation. So I think, you know, if you're interested in the future of the board, you know, you can attend these these uh, structure committee meetings. They're public meetings. They're open to the public. You can participate either in person or via Zoom. So um, keep that in mind as well. With that, uh, Nancy, you have a question? Uh, could you um, let us know when the next meeting is so that we can attend and advocate for sustaining the Sustainability Advisory Board? Sure, I, I will make sure that Kathy's aware if she's not already aware, and um, she can send that out to everybody. And, okay. and are you advocating strongly for maintaining the board? I didn't think I had to because the last meeting I was at personally was uh, that we were going to have it as a separate board, that it was not going to be dissolved. So I haven't, haven't had that opportunity. So, so I hope you do it the next meeting. Okay. So that that also brings up my same question. Should we go ahead and start talking to the commissioners about this? Because it sounds like maybe a done deal. Now, we don't want to fit into the regular, I mean, there's quite a few boards that are going to be eliminated. And I know there's consternation um, for a lot of those other groups, too. Um, I I feel very strongly that this should stay a sustainability advisory board 
not a task force, not an ad hoc group. This is our our group is um, different in the fact that they do have so many KPIs in all these different areas. And well, I think it's very applaudable that MSO is doing what they're doing, and I, I it's definitely the right direction. I don't think the other groups are doing the same thing. I don't think they have the time to do the same thing. And if we're not reviewing these projects and plans, nobody else is. Kathy does not have the time to look at every uh, one of the things that come up. She does know some of the pitfalls and she does contact people if she finds out about something. But almost um, we're, we're still behind even on finding out about the different projects. And, I, you know, it's ill-conceived to me to have this many KPIs in all these different departments and to do away with sustainability advisory board. And, and primarily because they do not have, they're not up to speed on the technical expertise. And um, perfectly good example of this is I know for a fact that with the um, economic development program that they have right now, they can get economic development money if they have lead, um, if the projects will, they'll get a certain amount of economic development or at least tax credits um, if they are lead conforming. That doesn't mean that they're lead. There are a lot of different things in the operations of the city right now that seem to indicate sustainability, but they don't go the, the verification mile. They don't go to the last mile. And I, I just, I feel very strongly about, um, we, we all bring different things to the table, and I'm sure the other boards say the same thing. This is a little bit different since they've embedded these performance indicators into their departments, but they don't have the staff uh, to look at these. There's no audits. Who's doing an environmental audit? There's nobody doing environmental audits. I mean, I I would feel better if they did environmental audits. I would I would have um, I, I would feel better about the whole thing if I knew that they were. Do they follow the hazardous waste rules? Are they, you know, I know for a fact when I went to work for the city of Wichita, they did not have all the rules in place. And, you know, when you're a small community, Wichita's a big community, and they didn't, I mean, they did not have all the things done the way they should have been doing. They're better than they were, but they didn't. And I, I can't see... Um, I'm sure the MSO department is a little bit different, particularly with the water and wastewater, because they are inspected by uh, the environmental health department. A lot of the other departments are not. I think an conducting environmental audits is, uh, is something that the SAB could be responsible for if the city commission was inclined to uh, give us that responsibility. Yeah, I wouldn't have a bit of problem. <laughs> they may not like what I have to say, but I don't have a bit of problem because um, they don't have 
a lot of third-party verifications on some of these things and quite truthfully i know even in the then the work that i've been doing um with projects for construction if you don't have third-party verification they can change the specifications in a heartbeat and use substitute materials that are a lot less environmentally uh you know specific or not friendly is not a good word but um the the deal is is that there needs to be third-party review and right now there's not third-party review well i i would just say that having another voice besides mine uh, would help make it not look like i'm being self-serving yeah. uh, just having an outside voice saying hey this is important and here's why uh, would be beneficial well and and let me frame it a little bit differently compliance uh, is one thing is different really than strategic goals but um, I know that when I went, when I asked the city city manager of the city of Wichita, who signed their hazardous waste manifest, uh, you know, specifically goes, well, I don't know. Well, the deal is, and I wasn't even an employee then, uh, the deal is, is that if you're not doing, you can be out of compliance, even though you have the best idea, you know, Stan, um, that, and many of you others, you know, you have to follow the regulations, but quite frankly, there's so many regulations. And, uh, but it's important for somebody else to be asking these questions. And if they're not asking the questions, then it's probably not getting done. Thank you, Kay. Well, uh, yes, we'll make sure that people know when our next meeting is. And like I said, you're welcome to participate. Uh, and can I say just something, just yeah, something go ahead, quickly? Yeah. So I, I did watch the meeting as well. I would encourage you all to watch the last meeting that happened for the boards just so that you kind of understand the debate, the arguments that were being made. And I, I will say that kind of a couple of different things stuck out to me. One is that the alignment of the existing boards and the combination of those boards to fit outcomes and not commitments was a really important piece of why SAB kind of stood out different than everything else when you think about why parks and rec remain well it can be combined with other things and that falls under unmistakable identity so the sab very clearly is a commitment and not under uh an outcome um you know i have opinions about those two words in general but what i'm saying is that it was it was impossible to see it that to see that as being held under an outcome which is why it stood out and which is why it it ultimately the ones that they want to create or that they're bringing the boards down to are really well aligned with the outcomes and not commitments as I saw it. I think the other thing that stood out to me really strongly is that um, the value of the SAB and our ability to show value, whether that's for city staff or whether that's for the community understanding what it is the SAB does was not evident within that room and that group of people, whether it was a city manager not really understanding that Kathy can do everything we do on top of everything she does, which is the uh, impression I got from watching the video, or whether or not the, the people that were on the board's alignment committee didn't really understand any, any kind of things that we might have done over the past five years, uh, like how that had changed work for the city. So 
those were my opinions certainly of watching it, but I would encourage you guys to watch it. And I, I'm not above the fact that I think the SAB is perfect by any stretch. There are ways in which we can be more responsive to the needs of the city, to the needs of city commission or the staff, and be more, uh, uh, not simply bringing our own ideas from outside, but be, be doing the things that the city needs us to do, even as a volunteer board, um, if we remain a standalone board, I think that's where we have to go. That was my opinion. I'd encourage everybody to watch the arguments that were made. And I think if you, all you want to do is see the, the SAB portion of it, you go to about at one hour and 28 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right there's a big there. portion at the beginning. Yeah. Somebody send the link to us. I can send the link to the meeting. Yep. Thank you. Uh, the next item on the agenda is uh, public comment. Is there anybody from the public? There's nobody here. Uh, JT. Like JT Thornburg, please. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I've got a quick, couple quick things. Number one, congratulations. I know how many years you all have put into that bag ordinance. Um, and I, I admire stick-to-itiveness. Um, number two, and follow it. And I would caution you that with the exception of one meeting that was held deliberately for the public at the Carnegie Building, the uh, meetings have not been, they've been open to the public. You could attend or attend by Zoom, but you could not participate. The upcoming meeting may or may not be the same. Now at the last meeting when it began, the um, SAB was already bucketed. It was done in between the meetings, um, which I took note of, troubled note of. Um, the second is that that whole enterprise was a two-part uh, operation. One was to try and uh, bucket the different, uh, consolidate um, logically, all of the different uh, departments or the different advisory boards that were um, not statutorily standalone. The second part was to uh, write up um, all of the uh, means by which this, this whole thing would be put into practice. And that was essentially taken away from the um, BCSC. The city would say they'd do it. Um, the third thing I'd like to say that, um, as I may have indicated, my um, constructive environmental work goes back many years and includes um, effectively a minor at um, KU, uh, if they offered it in, in um, um, geez, I'm a little nervous, I'm sorry, um, environmental studies. Uh, I had the privilege of studying with with Donald Worcester and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, I was a hazmat tech at the university and I might have um, serviced the labs that, uh, um, Kathy, is it, M Muma? Nancy. Yeah, uh, Nancy, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I probably serviced your labs. That's all I've got to, got to say, thank you. Thank you, JT. Any other public comment? 
not seeing any. I want to talk about before we leave today, um, next meeting is scheduled for 13 September. We're still on the edge of having a quorum each time. Is there anybody who knows with certainty they're not going to be at the 13 September meeting? Looks like we'll all be here for that. How about 11 October? I will not be here. I don't know if I will be able to call in via Zoom. I will be out of state. I think I'll be here. I likely will be backpacking with my wife. Shh, don't be bragging. <laughs> <laughs> it's our anniversary. Last year, I couldn't do anything on my anniversary. Is it October 11th? Yes. I uh, should be here. And then we have 8 November. My calendar's good there. I will not be here 8 November. Ben will not be here 8 November. No, I will, sorry. The oh, he will be. Until the next okay. Oh, good, good. And then 13 December. And so far, so good. It, nobody's raising their hand saying they won't be here. So it looks like we're pretty good. October may be a little sketchy. If you know you're going to be gone in October. I can send the emails to just ask when we're closer to the date. Okay. Kathy's going to follow up and, and kind of check on us for the, I would just ask for the rest of the year okay. and then we can kind of plan that way. And in December we'll be uh, selecting a chair, new chair for the SAB. I'm hoping that will be Ben. And at that point we'll need a new vice chair. So you might want to think about if you're, interested in serving on that and I have a, a question go ahead Kay so when what's the time frame on this board of boards when's that supposed to go to the Commission so um, this is Kathy I'm I'm gonna give an update but please don't quote me on this because this is just what I've I've heard as an update and this may change the timeline may change so this is not a set in stone, like this is definitely the plan. But what I've, the components I've heard are, um, number one, um, staff was working on a document that summarizes the last discussion that this committee had. Um, that was the meeting of July 12th. So that, that document that summarizes what their recommendation is will be presented to them at the next meeting. So um, like Stan, I have not seen that it's been scheduled yet, but I heard it would be soon. So I'm assuming within the next month or so, there would be a, a meeting um, of the committee to review this recommendations document based on their last conversation. And if if there needs to be any changes or anything like that, that would be the discussion at that meeting. Now, the transition plan, which JT had um, talked about, that transitioned out of committee work to uh, staff working on that. So that is something that is not necessarily, I've heard, is not necessarily gonna go hand in hand with the recommendations to the city commission. There may be an opportunity where the recommendations from the committee goes to commission first and we hear what the commission's um, thoughts are and their feedback before we finalize the transition document. So 
with the commission's feedback and understanding of where we go, what the direction is, then staff will work on that transition plan for uh, the boards. Does that make sense? And that would be like another city commission meeting later on. Um, so it doesn't sound like changes will likely happen to any of the boards this year. We might be hearing some updates later on, um, you know, in October, November timeframe, but it looks like we will be having the meetings that Stan just mentioned that lead us to, to December. Um, and again, this is all up to the city commission as well. They might wish to postpone or extend this conversation into next year, um, but certainly, you know, there's there's the component of, of of submitting the recommendations to the commission, getting their feedback, and then running with that direction, and then completing the transition plan. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, Kathy. I mean, I I don't have any inside information, but just the practicalities of it, I don't see anything happening this calendar year. No, nothing being finalized, and with the election coming up for two more two new city commissioners potentially, or we'll, we'll just say for two city commissioners, uh, this whole thing could be up in the air as to whether or not it moves forward. It could be delayed even further. So I, I just don't see any action happening this calendar year personally. Mm -hmm. I think we need to proceed like normal. Yes. So my follow-up question is, can we ask for another sustainability advisory board member, even in light of the fact that we may be eliminated, but it makes it very difficult when just having one person um, be gone or two that puts our meetings in jeopardy. Yeah, if we have two people gone, we don't have a quorum. We can't have more than one person at this point, so. I would just advocate that we think carefully and. I would like to have personally more action items on the agenda apart from moving meeting minutes forward. What we're talking about is needing a quorum when we're trying to push things forward like a letter that we need to support grants or when we have recommendations for the city. So this, the more we can push those things forward, the more we'll have need for a quorum beyond saying, here's what we did last time, I approve of the minutes. Um, personally, I, I sorry, that's a very personal feeling of the more action items we can have. I, I think the discussions with everyone are, are hyper valuable, um, but I think we also can make more things happen where we need the quorum, I would say. And I have to agree with you, Ben, also that begs the question of do we need the sustainability advisory board if we're just talking about some of the meetings we've been to. Um, I, I think that we need to pull off and uh, look and find out about the solar ready um our ordinance that was submitted three years ago i uh, and i we we need to start making those recommendations again i just want to say i agree with ben and, and Kay. i think that's important to have action items on each and every meeting agenda uh, it wouldn't be um beyond me to have the sustainability advisory board start making comments collectively on different items that uh, are coming before the land development committee so that if there are some things it is so hard to 
to really pinpoint some of the things in module one, but in module two, that will be a whole different story. And uh, there may be several different items that we could say, look, as a sustainability advisory board, we're, we recommend the land development committee up the code update include da 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 and we know that uh, ben has information that we could easily incorporate to that recommendation there are several things that we know about infill there we know about mixed use we know a lot of those different things i you know that we could make suggestions and make direct recommendations as a board so We'll be working on our agenda for next month's meeting here and then probably in about two weeks. Um, and so I would welcome uh, suggestions sent to Kathy, not to all, mm -hmm. but uh, send a suggestion to Kathy on action items that you think we could take at our next meeting. For example, the solar ready ordinance, I've never heard of it until tonight. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Nancy, your hand's raised. Just the icon, okay. With that, uh, we've hit our 7.15 deadline. I think we need to close the meeting. All those in favor of uh, adjourning, please say aye. 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 Thank you for aye. being here tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Kay. How's the environmental uh, conference going? It's very interesting. Very interesting. I wish more of you are all here in Manhattan with me. I'm at the KDHE Environmental Conference and lots of discussion about Panasonic, lots of discussion about several new things coming down the pike and obviously PFAS. <laughs> obviously PFAS. Yeah. I was supposed to be there today, but I ended up having to stick around for a headquarters call. It's um, oh. very important. So. Well, you have to do sometimes what you have to do. The, the attorney in my office is attending, though, so I'm going to get a good report from him. Well, I, I'll, I'll start looking out for the person. Thanks. <laughs> I, I've, I've been trying to meet with a lot of people. His name is Matt Erb, E-R-B. Okay, cool. I'll look. Okay, cool. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thanks for keeping that.